Hello and welcome back to Autopsy of a Horror Movie. My name is Brucker and today I am continuing on my fun interview series called What's Your Favorite Horror Trope? Today I will be revealing my episode with uh, fun writer and director Natasha Kermani. Uh, Natasha is a very fun person to talk to and to nerd out and geek out with because she is a huge sci-fi nerd as you're about to learn. So in this episode, we get into certain like sci-fi tropes, such as feeling lost and separated in space, distress calls. We also get into some more nerdy stuff. We get into a kind of deep conversation about superheroes and comic books and whether or not they count as sci-fi and which ones count as horror. So bear with me towards the second end of this interview as it quickly turns into two people kind of nerding and geeking out. Now, before I get to the interview, I want to take a moment to say thank you to the That's Not Canon Productions. It is a really awesome podcasting network and collective. Those people have been super nice. It is really flattering that they reached out to me to ask to join their fun group of podcasts. I got to Zoom with their founder, Zane. Uh, he's th This is founded down in Australia, and they're super cool people. Lots of awesome podcasts there. So be sure to check out That's Not Canon Productions. Uh, there will be a link in the show notes. You want to check out what types of shows that they got. And I'm really excited for the future collaborations that I will have with them. Now, on to this very fun interview with Natasha Kermani. Please don't roll your eyes so much at how much I geek out over this, but it's a very fun interview. Enjoy. I'm so happy to be sitting down with director Natasha Kermani. Hello, Natasha. Thank you so much for talking with me today. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk. Yeah, so uh, what sort of horror tropes do you want to talk about today? Well, I thought it would be fun, um, since I'm a big science fiction nerd, I thought it would be fun to sort of explore some of the stuff that's like specific to sci-fi horror and sort of mm. that space where the two overlap, because there are definitely a lot of tropes in that space. No pun intended. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> there we, well, excellent, excellent. So uh, what sort of uh, science fiction specific tropes do you like or find interesting? Yeah, so I was kind of thinking about it and I think my number one favorite um, sci-fi horror trope is the distress signal. Oh. So, you know, you're going along your day, you're, you know, working for a space oil tanker or something and then... <laughs> you get a distress signal. And this is probably, I would say probably the number one sci-fi trope that we see, sci-fi horror trope. And you know, the, a bunch of the people on the crew don't wanna go, but there's that one guy or one girl who's like, we really should do the right thing and go investigate and help because you know, space is big and this may be their only chance for help. And of course it all goes haywire and sideways from there. But I just love it. I love it because it's so human. It's like, you can't, it's that, you know, like the scab you can't help but pick at, you know? <laughs> it's that distress signal and it's like, they're, they're always gonna go and you're like, don't do it, don't go, but they do. And of course there's like killer aliens or a portal to hell or something mm -hmm. like that. So I think that's my favorite, that's probably my favorite trope. <laughs> I really like that trope. That's a, I haven't really thought about that, about how uh, the, distress, the distress signal and it's a, uh, I'm trying to think of like other, 
like non-sci-fi movies that I've seen that kind of maybe sort of adapt that. But, you know, I can't really mm. think of too many because... I think it's really specific to the isolation of space, right? So mm. there's like this unspoken code that everybody obeys, right? It's like being lost at sea. Like there's an there's a code because if you were on the other end of that, right? Like this may be the only ship that's coming by for like a year, so there's this this sort of like moral code of if you get a distress signal, if you see an SOS, you're supposed to go take care of it. And and mm. so it becomes this sort of like morality question that I think, you know, is is very um I, I guess it's very sort of an old, deeply rooted <laughs> mm. response, um, idea of like there's an emergency and we have the capability. But, you know, it's in sci-fi movies, it's always like, well, we could go and we could get home a year earlier or we could go investigate and like maybe save someone's life. And, you know, the yeah. family man is like, no, I got to get back to my kids. Fuck these people. But, you know, <laughs> it's it's great. It always works. It always works. It seems like kind of like a Swiss army knife of tropes because one, it kind of like sets the, the like the, the action. It kind of sets, you know, what, what the prompt, the premise is, the dilemma mm -hmm. and how what exactly what you just said is also a way to let, let's introduce our characters and how they each respond to it and exactly. we, we get to see all their different motivations and yeah. maybe what their moral compass is like too in response to this so that that's a really yeah. it's kind of a i mean it, it's a it's kind of simple and in, in you know in premise but it, it it's a good way to unlock so many different things to go ahead and get your storytelling going. Yeah. I have a theory that all space movies are Agatha Christie stories. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> because they're like these really contained ensemble pieces where like they're, th who they are doesn't really matter. It's how they're responding to like a crazy setup, right? Like, mm. um, and, and sort of how they respond under pressure and then all of the different sort of character, uh, their, their motivations, their backstories, all that stuff sort of comes comes out under this like pressure cooker um, because you are in space or you know some sort of crazy situation because it's it's science fiction. I feel like this is very much a space trope. Mm. I suppose there's others like yeah, like the thing or there there are other examples of it, but I think it works so well in space because it's that like sea yeah. life metaphor, you know, like again the isolation of it. But um, in, in yeah, and I, and I think, oh, sorry, but I, I was just going to say, I think the, the, the nice thing about it is you can just start your story. So it's like mm -hmm. you don't need to spend 15 minutes going into the backstory of all of these characters. True. You can just have 10 strangers that we've never met and then see them respond to this this moralistic sort of quandary. Yeah, <laughs> and right. And we know what they, we need to know about them. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's super cool. I really like that. I was just going to add that the for like the thing, um, which I'm a little bit more familiar with. That one is not so much of a them responding to a distress signal, but more of like they can't send out a distress signal, and that, that's like right. the they're trapped. Yeah, that's yeah. their dilemma is like whether or not they should. Right. Um, kind of but it is a space movie like the thing yeah. to me is a space movie they're just surrounded by ice instead of space the, the point is you you can't leave your mm -hmm. little shuttle right um the thing is probably my favorite john carpenter movie i don't know if that's true i think that's true yeah that's probably true yeah i guess like <laughs> because... the big thing the most people would argue about is it better than halloween and i think it is but i think it is yeah, yeah. It... I, I will always love halloween i mean halloween is yeah. incredibly important Important, but I think that the thing is a much more um, sort of sophisticated, fun movie to watch. I think yeah, in a lot of ways, definitely. Yeah. And then there's kind of like this meta argument you get into about them is like, well, how is like uh, Halloween had more uh, bang for its buck? Just you know how mm. much he was able to do with so little. So that's kind of like 
another argument there right. for that. But at the at the end of the day, which I'm movie frustrated do you like? by that conversation. <laughs> I'm very frustrated by that conversation as somebody who has only worked with limited budgets, mm-hmm. and I don't know any filmmaker who's like, please look at my lower budget thing because look at how I made the dollar stretch versus right. like you know the thing he had a lot more to play with. You can see it in the special effects, you know, the themes right. he's working with, the the cast, like. You know, I, I, I think that 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 is exciting, you know, and mm-hmm. Halloween is a, a very, again, important, um, you know, there's before Halloween and there's after Halloween. He changed the game. But in terms of the filmmaking, I think there's a lot more to play with and watch with the thing. Oh. Also, again, I'm a sci-fi nerd. Absolutely, so yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to go for the sci-fi one, you know, over slasher. So, <laughs> so something else that you uh, pointed out or mentioned was kind of like the feeling small and like the hugeness of, of the universe. I feel like that's kind of something, even with mm-hmm. uh, like the thing and, of course, Alien, um, you kind of get that even if it's with or without space because both like the uh, with the thing there's still evidence of a larger universe with mm-hmm. species that we don't know about that can still kind of make you feel super small especially with like mm-hmm. the the capabilities that we see that these monsters yeah. or aliens have um yeah i think that's kind of like an interesting thing to kind of get into with that well that's like existential horror right <laughs> is that that like idea of like whoa you know there is this this whole my whole understanding of the universe is being shifted or the other side of it which is we are alone in the vastness of space and it's just a vacuum <laughs> <laughs> um like both both are amazing and i think another trope so not just the the you know moving to to a trope that often comes from the distress signal trope is the idea of space containing like human inventions by which i mean like space as a portal to hell or space as you know a portal to um you know a, a computer universe or something like it's it's we use space as like a fill, filler mm. <laughs> to get us to whatever it is we really want to talk about like event horizon one of my favorite movies just that movie just wanted to talk about hell right yeah, like that's yeah. just a movie about getting pulled into you know the the, the um existential sort of uh you know, a portal, a gate to the the event horizon black hole being hell. And I think that is, again, something we see so much. And even in like video games and stuff, right? Like Doom Mm -hmm. has, you know, Mars is hell or whatever it is. So um, I I, I like that one a lot. I think that's a lot of fun. That's true. Is uh, is that kind of like kind of speaking to this sort of, I don't know, I don't know if it's a commentary or just like a fear or whatever of just people or humans crossing through thresholds we shouldn't and, and like in advancing certain, I, I don't want to say technologies because I feel like it's not always technology that is the like antagonist or uh, I don't know, scary thing in these movies, even though it's mm-hmm. filled with like technology. The bad but, robots. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. It, it's not always the Terminator. It's just like hey there are cool tools in these movies but like it's really the organic alien or like the or us pushing limits with certain things ends up being what what does totally well and and they are um interchangeable as uh as as the unknown right so like hell being the unknown being the same as a black hole right Mm -hmm. like the, the the creating those parallels between how our brains sort of like process the idea of the unknowable Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, like a movie like Event Horizon makes it malevolent, right? Like it's sort of like there's a there is a, a menacing quality to to the unknown, um, which is what makes it, of course, a horror movie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I think absolutely, absolutely. I mean, there's also like the um, 
the idea of going too far with technology. So like technology also being inherently evil, like you were saying, like Terminator or Hal or the Matrix or whatever, like, you know, again, filling in in the way that hell fills in for the unknown. That's technology filling in for like <laughs> our worst demons, right? Like not our better angels, but our worst demons. Right. Um, Again, another great trope. Super fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And really getting to like that unknown. I don't know why, but it's making me think of, uh, I don't know what your opinion of this movie is, but it's, uh, at least on Rotten Tomatoes, it's a lesser movie. The, the <laughs> You may hate me for this up, maybe not. The, the Doom movie with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh, and yeah. There's that, uh, I mean, it, it's such like a and bro. Kyle Urban. Yeah. Kyle Urban is in it. Yeah, yeah, it's such like a, it's such a bro beer movie. Like, uh I just going to the unknown. I like how I will say one thing I do like about that is that they kind of play with like there's like this 23rd extra chromosome and that's supposed to be like the soul chromosome and whether or not you get bitten by these Mars zombies or whatever. um, It kind of determines whether or not you just get cool superpowers or you become like one of the evil an evil demon. So I kind of like that unknownness too. It's kind of like this unknown judgment of your own character. Right. It, which is very relatable and yeah. uh, scary too. <laughs> yeah, that is a fun. I, I kind of forgot about that about that movie. Um, there's some. Fun I feel like stuff. a lot of people have. Like, <laughs> but they did. I remember they had that big Steadicam first person sequence. That was like the mm-hmm. big deal with that movie, which was. Um, I, I think Doom is kind of cool. Like maybe yeah. probably the video games are cooler than the the movie, yeah. but. Um, yeah, that was cool. And then, of course, there's like the alternate, the evil alternate universe, which is like totally a thing. I grew up watching Star Trek, and that's like one of the recurring, you know, things mm-hmm. <laughs> is that there's this like parallel universe running to our own where everybody is like a bad version of themselves, <laughs> um, which is fun. I, I think that's a lot of fun. And I always wanted like way more of that. I was like, I want evil Spock. <laughs> Show me more of goatee Spock. I'm totally down for that. So, <laughs> I love um, this. What makes him evil? Facial hair. That's <laughs> the goatee. Yeah. yeah. Everybody knows that goatee means the evil version of yourself. Yeah, because you have to be able to do this as you uh, yes, watch exactly. over the like menacing. a building burning or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, uh, I kind of want to shift this somewhere a little bit more different. If you don't like it, we could get back to whatever it is you want to talk about. But <laughs> I have a upcoming uh, discussion with with, uh, with a friend soon on just sci-fi horror as a genre and mm. defining what what are sort of like the rules for like okay this is what makes it a sci-fi horror movie specifically so mm. kind of like some of like the elements of like what makes it sci-fi as opposed to what just makes it non-sci-fi i guess so mm-hmm. there's like just horror yeah like, like just, just a horror, horror. Movie. yeah mm-hmm. so there's like you know i feel like there's a lot of gray area but something that we were talking about is like if it's set in space period i guess that just kind of automatically blanks what are, i guess one okay let me start my thought over what are some of the rules that like you would have that this would automatically kind of make it a sci-fi movie as opposed to just horror or yeah. something or like any examples you might have of like it's kind of like a gray area go either way or some exceptions or anything like that since you're so uh, into the genre i'm kind of curious yeah about that. yeah it is tricky for me i think the difference is if the um if the world building and specifically the technology is speculative meaning mm-hmm. it does not exist in our current reality mm-hmm. um and it's not in common use um, the ex- there are lots of exceptions to that. I mean, one that comes to mind is um, like Annihilation, 
um, which, which I do consider, I consider the Southern Reach tri trilogy, the books that it's based on, I do consider those science fiction, even though the technology in it is not speculative. Hmm. So it's, it's, um, there, there are exceptions to the rules, right? Like, but I don't think I would ever refer to Annihilation as like a straight horror movie. I think it has so okay. much of, of sci-fi vibes in it, even though it doesn't mm -hmm. follow my own rules gotcha. <laughs> of it being speculative. Um, so, but, but I think again, you know, it's, it is that, um, it, I think most of the time, yeah, rules, like if it's set in space and isn't like our current uh, usage of space technology, right? Like it's, okay. it's a different version. And then there's like, then there's stuff that I actually personally don't really like as much, which is like alternate um, science fiction, which I consider more fantasy. So like steampunk to me is not really sci-fi. Okay. <laughs> to me, that's like way closer to like a, a fantasy mm -hmm. version of things um, because it's not hard, but that's my own taste. Like I like a hard sci-fi where the rules the rules make sense and that there's some form of internal logic <laughs> mm -hmm. that that works for it you know like steampunk for me i'm like mm, it's it's too much of a reach for me i'm like i don't it's also <laughs> kind of like more of a i don't know like steampunk is like so specific yeah i don't think i would qualify that as science fiction either um mm -hmm. i don't know there's just something about like i don't know i kind of get how that technology works i don't know <laughs> i don't know um it doesn't really make sense <laughs> yeah and yeah so i don't know and like we're kind of talking about some i don't know i guess like kind of like one of my own like personal rules or taste for it is there's lots of sci-fi movies have you know advanced technology technology in it's kind of like sometimes a big part of some science fiction movies but there are some movies that have like where like the technology is just like an element but it doesn't like push it past the point of like genre breaking of okay now it's sci-fi an example i think of is scream 3 where mm. the 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 voice changer thing that could just mm -hmm. come up with any person's voice uniquely without ever sampling it that is a piece of technology that we definitely don't have but that does not make scream 3 science fiction a science fiction yeah yeah <clears throat> yeah well that's like comedy though it's like used for, <laughs> you know, like that is an interesting, that's a really interesting one. Well, while you were talking about that too, I was also thinking, I was like, well, do you consider like comics science fiction? Because I a mean, lot of the stuff, you know. Oh, do you, do you mean like superhero movies or like, com like can. Like is Batman science fiction? See, yeah. That, that's kind of a, is. That's, yeah, it's interesting. See, that's to me where like it's, I don't think so. Just, I mean, like there's like, like, yeah, there's like advanced technology elements in it, but I feel like it doesn't like push it past that mm -hmm. action imaginary border Superhero. i have in my brain in my brain yeah yeah i've been like sort of deep diving um with like the flash recently just because i don't know i have too much time on my hands i guess <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm uh procrastinating from doing real work and um i've been like going into some of um the comics and stuff and i i've been really enjoying it because i i sort of had a realization after i started deep diving i, w I watched the um the animated uh, Flashpoint Paradox on Disney, mm -hmm. which is really good. It was a really good animated film. And um, I was like, damn, this is science fiction. Like, this is totally, like the that, Flash is sci-fi. That you know? I would count because you have like right. these multiple parallel universes. That's... And it's time travel and yeah. it's physics, right? Like I want, uh, I would love to see like a super sci-fi The Flash where like he has to completely cover his skin because his skin would like burn off every time he used his super speed, you know? Mm -hmm. Like I want to see that. I want to see like, 
you know, he has to be very, actually, I love this about the Snyder cut when he, um, he's like uh, moving Iris out of the car accident. He treats, he touches her very gently. Mm. And I was so happy to see that because I was like, yes, that is obeying the laws of the, the science of what he's doing. Because if he touched someone that fast, their arm would fly off, you know, like right. it's so paying t attention to that. I, I don't know. I think that's fun. And I think a lot yeah. of these superheroes have potential. And then, of course, there's like Batman Beyond, right, where mm -hmm. he's like all cyberpunk. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. Batman, which is fun. But that um, the rules that you were kind of like explaining about the Flash was there's a really good point to think about during that that four hour endeavor. Um, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, but that scene was cool. That scene was really cool. Yes, yes, yes. That that, that scene was cool. Um, all hot dog jokes aside, uh, the, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the um, you're making me. I, I I wish I knew what comic this was from, but there is a. I don't know if, if how familiar you are with Superman comics. There is this Superman comic where I don't even know which character it is. I saw it like like on Reddit, but this person is explaining superman's powers and that it's not mm -hmm. just it's not like but Sup superman is science fiction he's yes an alien. yeah exactly yeah he's an alien and yeah. this comic is explaining that his like his super strength for example is not his it's not that his muscles are super duper like crazy strong is that his body's able to change the density of objects right. that he touches and I, that's really getting into the heavy sci-fi mm -hmm. of that of like the physics behind it Mm -hmm. um and i wanted well to... he's genetically bred for a different environment yeah exactly and and, and so he's built for a red sun not a yellow sun <laughs> exactly and and so it's totally and so on krypton he's just joe schmo right but mm -hmm. <laughs> i mean i don't know i guess he's still a badass even on krypton but um he just yeah, has good he, he's just like another uh person with like good morals on krypton yeah <laughs> right <laughs> yeah exactly well he i think he'd still be slightly he'd be like the rock you know he's like john cena <laughs> like he's you know what i mean like he's still like pretty tough but um, oh while we're yeah. talking about i want to pull up i have any, i might have to take my headphones off for a second <laughs> it's okay uh, okay so while we're talking about comics and mm -hmm. science fiction so a small this is like my dream by the way talking about like space sci-fi and comics <laughs> this is great this all day. awesome i'm glad that you're having a great time uh the <laughs> which i am too because i've been dying to like bring this up uh it's called the doom that came to gotham mm. uh it's a batman comic book um that's i actually don't think i've read that one it's kind it of steampunky but oh, okay. it's definitely cosmic horror too because okay. um I'm listening so i mean this is kind of a spoiler i'm sorry um there's this doom that's coming to gotham but anyways so harvey dent is in this book and i mean he so his character and so you know this takes place in the 1920s um and mm. so harvey so it's kind of like a very much like else world sort of thing mm -hmm. but harvey dent the, his arc for becoming Toothface is that he gets um kind of like uh like infected with something like half his face boils over but mm. the, his boiled side is actually a portal into another world that batman has to step through to Whoa. defeat something that's coming to gotham it's bizarre Yo, it's I love so that. who's the writer on that um Who wrote that one? mike Mc... mcnola i think is actually the artist uh richard there's like five names on here richard pace oh, okay. troy nixie i'll send you 
I'll send you yeah, a, a link, that an Amazon cool. link for this. I have like most of the Batman stuff in that one, I guess. Maybe I didn't do it because it was like steampunky. So I was like, yeah. it, it is. That's something I did like about it. Like his gadgets in it are steampunky, but there's mm-hmm. definitely this really weird cosmic horror <laughs> plot line. It kind of works for Batman though, because he does have that Art Deco. Like Gotham has that Art Deco thing. So I, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll let it. I'll let it slide. Yeah, and it's pretty short. <laughs> so yeah, you can. Uh, that sounds cool. Yeah, after I'll, I'll, I'll send you an Amazon link for for it. Yeah, please. That's <laughs> yeah, awesome. So yeah, that's something I've been yeah. dying to talk about on here because it's definitely horror, like for sure, like what it delves in. And this is it's something interesting about Batman too is that there's so many. He is totally horror. Yeah, totally. absolutely. And it's 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 very. I mean, I haven't read it yet, but like there's like the do. Um, the one I, just, I didn't mean to bring that. The long Halloween, um, mm-hmm. and of course, like the Killing Joke is very scary. Um, the Killing Joke is like legitimately very upsetting. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Like, I haven't seen. Very, very upsetting. I didn't watch that like full feature animated movie that yeah. they did because I heard it wasn't as good as the the, the, the graphic novel, so I yeah. just kind of skipped it. But I just don't think they went as hard. Like I think the no- the graphic novel nobody saw it coming. Really? So they were just like, bam, here's some real shit. Like, you guys want to talk about Batman? Let's talk about Batman. You know, mm-hmm. let's go dark. Um, and I don't know. I mean, even the the um, animated films, though, I think go darker than... I mean, again, going back to the, the Flashpoint paradox, you have uh, Wonder Woman beheading Mira, queen of the Atlanteans. Mm. And you're like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> cool you know so i think comics there's this whole world of adult comics that can go well not adult comics <laughs> don't, don't, don't go down that path uh you know uh, grown-up <laughs> themes <laughs> mm-hmm. um that i think would lend itself to going more into the science fiction thing you know like really looking at um like the 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 technique of superman like why is he so powerful um i also like this is science fiction is the um uh red sun arc where he's uh, crashes in the soviet union oh okay. i don't know if you ever read that one that one's that's totally sci-fi like i haven't uh, read soviet union i haven't read that one but i know one of my yeah. buddies really liked it or it's cool the the animated movie that i think that they did for it yeah yes they did do a movie of it yeah yeah so i think there's a lot of potential there where they like tie into these sci-fi tropes mm-hmm. <laughs> of like you know like red sun is like the alternate history thing and um you know, Batman Beyond obviously is going into the future and, um, you know, that stuff I think is a lot of fun. But I, I want it for Flash. This is me saying, you know, let's let's see the hard science <laughs> of the Flash. And, um, you know, like that dude would have to be eating so many calories in a day. Yeah. And in, in the <laughs> Schneider Cut or that the movie, they definitely get into that. Probably has to have like a pizza every few hours or something yeah, like that. Yeah, he's eating a lot of pizzas. I also like, I know that Ezra Miller got a lot of hate for this, but I loved his wacky run because it makes way more sense. He's almost like um, like a speed skater. You know how oh, they're like kind of gliding yeah. and they're more, it's more about having this um, aerodynamic, you know, taking advantage of the, the airflow and sort of like the energy that you're putting into each move, which I love because that makes way more sense that he's, he's channeling the, the speed force around him and it's not that he's because Superman is super fast, right? Like yeah. that's just muscle. He's moving really, really quick. 
the flash is channeling an outside energy source like you know his his, mu his muscles are doing it but then like a speed skater on a, a skating rink he's moving on a different sort of platform we're going way deep in now no, 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 no. <laughs> but i'm, I'm defending totally ezra, ezra miller is my point i'm defending his wacky run uh even though it doesn't look super cool uh i personally appreciated that along with the uh the gentle moving of people <laughs> um so i like when rules are followed is the point <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Oh my goodness. Uh, I, for the deep dive. Yes, 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 deep dive. Yeah. Uh, and for, for the record, I, I just, uh, I, I did enjoy the Schneider cut uh, definitely a lot more than the theatrical one that we oh, got. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it was such sure. a better follow up to Man vs. or uh, Batman vs. Superman. Oh, Batman. I almost yeah, said Man vs. Steel. Uh, Batman vs. <laughs> Superman. <laughs> Man versus steel, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Um, <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much, Natasha, for coming on to talk about yeah. sci-fi horror tropes with me. This was a ton of fun. I had a blast. Thank you for letting me uh, nerd out for <laughs> for a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And I guess I'll I'll plug Lucky again. Everybody, go watch Lucky on Shutter. Um, is there anything yeah, else that you want out. to? plug while we're here and if not that's okay uh lucky is coming out um we're gonna have the disc release uh, oh, awesome. in early august so we have that to uh look forward to so you can have a physical copy of um lucky and brianna and i did a really fun commentary and uh lots of fun stuff so. oh no way i might have to get it just for the commentary yeah. all right it's <laughs> a good one <laughs> awesome well thank you so much thank you hi i'm fearful jesuit host of The Paranoid Strain, a show that explains conspiracy theories to normal people. Every episode is carefully researched, fully scripted, and incorporates interviews, audio clips, original music, and a bunch of nonsense to explain the history, impact, and bizarre beliefs related to one conspiracy topic at a time. We're doing an extensive series on secret societies. You know, the Knights Templar, the Freemasons, the Illuminati, and we'd love to have you along for the ride. New episodes drop every two weeks, wherever you get your podcasts. Distress signals as very clever plot devices, the feeling of separation in deep space, humans pushing beyond safe boundaries. There are so many really cool horror tropes and plot devices that are kind of unique and sort of specific to the sci-fi horror subgenre. This was a really awesome conversation I got to have with Natasha Kermani. I want to say thank you again to Natasha. Everybody go check out her movie, Lucky. It's available on Shutter and will soon be available on Blu-ray early August. If you haven't, go back and listen to my interview with her when her movie Lucky came out. Uh, that was a very fun conversation we got to have because there are so many little details, subtle details in that movie. And she just spilled the beans on everything that's in there. It's definitely worth a listen. I want to say thank you to everybody that listened to this. I hope that you enjoyed this conversation about sci-fi horror and us geeking out about comics. What do y'all think about some of the stuff that we propose? Is the thing better than Halloween? Is Batman sci-fi? Is he horror? Are all comic books and superheroes technically sci-fi because of just the nature of them? Let me know what you think. Write in at bruckerhorror at gmail.com or find me on Instagram at bruckerhorror and reply to my post what's your favorite horror trope reply in the comments and let me know what you think i would love to continue the conversation i kind of want to go ahead and plug and promote another sci-fi horror subgenre conversation that i'm going to have with orlean of spooky and strange when i get back from my break we are going to break down the subgenre what are the rules 
how has it changed over time, and get into some very questionable gray areas of the subgenre. I'm so looking forward to that conversation with Orlean, because she is a huge sci-fi fan as well. I want to say thank you to Shelly. She is a supporter over my Buy Me a Coffee page. If you want to be like Shelly and support me in a really awesome way like she does, head over to buymeacoffee.com slash bruckerhorror. I also want to say thank you again to Shelly because she sent Kat and I some really sweet engagement gifts. Uh, thank you, Shelly. That was such a thoughtful thing to do. Um, everyone, be sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at BurgerHorror. Share me with friends and family. Rate me on iTunes. Tag me on your Instagram stories and on your Twitter things, the tweets, whatever they're called now. And I will see you next time. Thank you again for listening and be sure to watch good movies. Bye.